0: I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Cabbie Presents podcast. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. Thank you for the click. Thank you to those who subscribe. And thank you to those who leave comments. You can leave comments whether you like it or not. Leave comments on the iTunes page. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you are enjoying or not enjoying these conversations. I know I need to be more regular with them. I am trying uh, the TV stuff uh, for TSN. The Cabbie Presents material has been taking up a, a large part of the, the calendar, understandably, because uh, we've been trying to do some really cool and fun interviews. Uh, so that's why these have been infrequent. Today's conversation, you will enjoy. My good friend is a bit of a music historian. And that's the conversation we'll have today. And this guy I discovered in the mid-90s because I was such a huge fan of hip-hop and R&B. And he was making unbelievable mixtapes, which were the soundtrack of my youth. And he joins me in studio right now. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. In high school, I became aware of his greatness on the turntables via mixtapes on cassette tapes. It was an era before the Internet's before cell phones, when pagers were hot, and this dude mixed and blended the best mixtapes in the country. I'm sure they were (laughs) bought here, then dubbed, and then played on cassette decks, Walkmans, and Boomboxes across the United States. When you got a Mastermind mixtape, you'd scan the purple or orange or red or green cover to see which artists were on the collection of songs, then anticipate the hot remixes. Mastermind was the original DJ of Note in Toronto and across Canada. I'm happy that he's on the podcast. Today he's making a return to the podcast, but today is all about him.
1: Welcome, sir. Dude, I'm not even worthy of that. That was was really freaking dope <laughs> yeah but
0: that's yeah, that's honestly if though. i that's,
1: ever if i ever write memoirs you're writing the forward or whatever <laughs> whatever that intro you're the, writing that the shit. yeah uh, prologue yeah that's it um holy moly that was dope
0: dude but your mixtapes were like legendary and and for those who are listening in the united states like in various parts of the us or or even in like some remote part of canada that aren't familiar with the master mixtapes it's unfortunate <laughs> because they were in, in a time where the curators of cool it's uh, as far as the urban music goes were the djs they gave us what was cool i mean the artists created it but then like that's how we got it It was from you guys
1: and more so uh, when you think about that particular era in canada especially in canada where we didn't really have urban radio i mean we had college radio and you had to search for it and it wasn't on every day so this was another outlet to to be uh to, to actually have uh awareness about this music like i've you know, been ta- I talked to people in Calgary and Winnipeg and rural parts of the country where these tapes went, and they were like, "This was their only access because there was no internet." You know, it's not like it's not like people were getting you know podcasts.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Um, so back then, this was their. Uh, it
0: was all analog yeah. and all word of mouth.
1: And dude, up till to, up till this day, people will tweet me and Instagram me all the time, like covers of my tapes. Oh, that's amazing. Or they'll be listening. To, like a dude hit me the other day playing my tape. And he was like, "Oh, from Summer '95 or whatever," and they're and they're super stoked sick. about it, is
0: which so is sick. which is pretty cool. When I met you, you were in Calgary and you were the you were the host of the afternoon drive show, and I had the pleasure of being on there a couple of times. I think I got you in trouble a couple of times because I said nah. things that you know, weren't you, that appropriate. You never got
1: me in trouble. I would always try to err on the side of caution. So if I did get in trouble, I'd be like, "I already talked to him about it." <laughs>
0: And it was Vibe 90, 98.5. Very good memory, in, uh, yes, sir. In Calgary, so 02 to 2010. And then you moved back to Toronto to host the afternoon show uh, here on uh, Flow 93.5, which right. is... It's a top 40. I mean, the one in Calgary was top 40 as well, Well, right? no,
1: well, see, when we went to Calgary, we actually launched. It was a full-on hip-hop station. It was uh, Calgary's number one for hip-hop, R&B, and old school. And Canada being what it is, and, so you know, people... Without boring them with all the rules and regulations on how radio works and whatnot... Um, it it eventually morphed into being a top forty station. Okay. You know, much to my chagrin, if you will. Yeah. Um, here in Toronto, I mean, Flow has been uh, the inaugural hip hop station in the country. Uh, it launched in February of twenty uh, of two thousand and one and uh, it has been that way uh, up until very recently where new ownership has taken over, and it's uh, unfortunately had to morph a little bit as well. What it will eventually become, I have no idea. Um, I'm along for the ride, you know, and and, uh, um, we'll see see where it ends. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this country, this city, let alone this country, will always need an urban radio station representing that format. uh but you know it is what it is
0: so you've been as like when you host the afternoon show you've been doing for like over a decade or about a little over a decade yeah you have to consume all kinds of pop culture because you have to pay attention to what's going on obviously in music yeah and then what's going on in entertainment because music and entertainment is are so connected i Um,
1: mean i'm a fan of it to begin with like there's something about um pop culture that that uh i'm attracted to and and so being in the industry, it's almost a, a natural fit. Yeah um, But I'm fascinated with it and you know with the advent of uh, The the way the internet is now and how quickly especially with like Twitter. Yes, you know when Twitter popped up I remember I remember distinctly. I was uh, in Calgary and uh, uh, I was a little more on top of things than some of my other coworkers, and I remember when uh One of the golden girls died or whatever. You know, I wake up in the morning and I don't, like, I don't look for a newspaper. I go to Twitter to see exactly what happened, what I'm, you know, what's the first thing. I think I
0: do that as well. Right?
1: Because it is my source for news, basically. You know, who I follow, the feeds I have and so on and so forth. So I was in Calgary before obviously leaving. I don't know which one. I think it was Rue McClanahan.
0: Oh, okay. I think,
1: right? I mean, there was, there's. Well, three of them had died. It was either B. Arthur or Rue McClanahan. I, was, I think it was Betty Rue. White is
0: still... Betty, she's, she's like
1: 180. Yeah, she's still kicking. Yeah. Um, and she's sexy.
0: Yeah, shout out to Betty White.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I, hit, I got into work at, at like 8 or something in the morning, and I'm like, did you guys talk about Rue McClanahan? They're like, nah. what happened? So think about, uh, on one aspect, how quick we get information, but then on another aspect, there's some people that are like still... In the stone ages right. and don't know what's going on
0: why well, I, I I'm not sure I mean you were in Calgary so I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure when uh, Rue McClanahan passed but I, but like Twitter the way it is now like how you can follow events in real time is like like remember and I, and I don't mean to bring this up to, to kind of bring the tone down of the podcast but remember like the Boston Marathon thing yeah
1: yeah like
0: I was following that and there was a writer this guy named Seth like Noomkin I think He was, like, on the scene during, like, the manhunt in that small town just outside of Boston. Right, right. And I was following his feet. It was like a movie right? and and he was like updating I've heard gunshots over here and then there was people posting pictures of their gunshots like the bullets going through the walls like on on campus but but
1: take it one step further because the way it is is yes it's one thing for a guy to write things down and you're reading it and you're imagining it in your head like a novel it's another thing to have that and then pictures attached to it and then video attached to it and sound attached to it so the same thing you can even put the uh, again not to bring it down or anything but uh, when they captured Bin Laden I remember Exactly where I was, and my phone was going off, and it was like yo yo, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, it just started coming down the no, pipe. No, they
0: capture them. They, they yeah, they they, they, they
1: they killed them. Yeah, I'm saying you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, bust well, they, a, they they, they bust them. a cap at his ass. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying that too. Like there's just so many things about the internet right now that um, information is like this. I was on the air. We had a there was something sort of like Twitter. It's um. It was a news feed, like BN or something, BN News or something like that. And we used to get it on our computer at at work. So you'd be there and uh, you know, we would have our internet open, yeah, but there wasn't any Twitter at the time, but we would actually, you know, radio stations subscribe to this news feed and the news would pop up on the screen and it would just renew itself. So it kind of would, you know, keep updating. So would
0: it be printing paper or just on the screen? No, just on the screen, right? So
1: you would see that back in the day it would be, I remember when I worked at Energy in the mid nineties, it would be printing paper. Wow.
0: so many trees died for that news feed but in in news
1: environments it would do that so if you had a news uh studio in your in your station it would do that but for me it would be like you would see come up on the feed if you wanted to print that story you would print that story right so um i remember being on the air live in the afternoon interviewing Headley. okay and and shout out to jacob right heath ledger dies oh, okay boom right across the screen i stopped the interview i said "Yo, y'all just yeah he's ledger just died and then we start talking about it. and it's like jacob was kind of like he didn't care and i'm like this is a pretty big story dude yeah, man. same thing happened when um what's her name um the guest model the blonde girl Anna Nicole Smith, son. Of her? Yeah. Oh, you should have went just Playboy there. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember, B. Anna Nicole Smith. Right. Same right. thing happened with her. I was like on the air in the middle of something, and boom, it came across the screen. And I talked right away. And then all of a sudden, the phone Was she light- married
0: to that old billionaire at the time?
1: No. This was She was fighting still for his fortune or something like oh, that. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, because he Pat, he died, and then she was trying to, yeah, 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 right? to get the fortune. yeah,
1: Right? Um, but the same thing. And so... That reminds me, like Twitter now reminds me of that news feed. Um, except you have to source out the information. Like you have to make sure you're following the right people. Correct. Like yeah. I always make this joke on Twitter that, you know, when someone passes away, you're not dead until TMZ says so.
0: Right. You're hey. still
1: alive and kicking, but when TMZ says you're dead,
0: you are dead. You, you are, are dead. Yeah, you are not breathing. Yeah, TMZ. <laughs> TMZ man, okay. So to t- to take it to the where where I was kind of a uh, or at the moment uh, something tragic happened. You remember where you were? Was Michael Jackson and TMZ scooped the world? TMZ was the first one to report Michael Jackson died. I was and in LA. Photo? Were you in LA? Oh my
1: god! I was in LA that morning. Um, it was me and my son. We went there for uh, a Father's Day weekend or whatever. It was a week or whatever. And uh, wow, this was crazy. We were in LA and we got in on the plane, so we took off. And I guess flying back to Toronto. We're flying back at this point. Okay. So at some point, from taking off to maybe being in the air for half hour or so, when the TVs kick in, then on the airplane, the no, actually I was going back to Calgary at the time because it happened. It happened. We were yeah, 2009, I think. Right.
0: 2009, I think is when
1: he died. Anyhow, we were on the plane. And uh, People knew that I was in LA from work and all that as soon as we landed I could turn my phone on Oh, it went off like because people were like they wanted to get the scoop like if I was in LA I if I was still there if I had if I had stayed one more day I would have been right there like TMZ doing interviews or figuring things out or whatever But yeah,
0: they had the first photo of like the ambulance at his house all that stuff I remember that like CNN had to source like credit TMZ, like according to TMZ, and at the time <laughs> they, TMZ was just everybody like does yeah, everybody does that. Yeah, they just—it was just like this, it like, an, an, a, a, like a gossip rag. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like People or yeah, or Us Magazine or whatever. They
1: legitimized themselves. They did. I mean, it's still a certain type of. Newscasting, quote unquote. T M Z had
0: the Tiger Woods stuff too. Oh, I, dude, they had everything. Yeah, they had the they had the the, the SUV with the shattered glass and something. They, they didn't, have they had pictures of Tiger's teeth. Think about this. Think about how, I got how smashed <laughs> open by his wife. But, but think about But think about
1: yes, the fact that you remember her name. That's one thing I suck at remembering names. Obviously. Um, <laughs> um, but if you think about C N N now. They have slowly tried to morph into a quote unquote newsy TMZ because they realize that their ratings are sucking and they got to figure something else out. And people make fun of, you know, see, CNN at one point was the source. Right. The source. Agreed.
0: So what CNN now is like, but. When and unfortunately, when any kind of breaking news happens or tragedy, you you go to CNN first, yeah. Because so they still have that legacy or being like a legacy cha- uh, station in that regard. Like you're gonna okay, Wolf is in the Situation Room and Anderson Cooper is in the middle of whatever <coughs> it is. It's Haiti. Yeah. It's a tsunami. Like Anderson Cooper is on a friggin' surfboard, or if it's uh, I don't know the last uh, tragedy,
1: the Malaysian airline thing.
0: Yeah, like Anderson Cooper was on the plane. He's like he's like, All right, I'm here at the site, I'm on the plane, uh, we're under we're submerged.
1: Yeah, he's out there searching for this thing. I'm telling
0: you, man, Anderson Cooper is fearless. But that's that's what pe- you know, that's where people go. But again, you're right, on a day to day, you know, people are Fox News has a huge huge following of viewership because it's just it's just editorial. They're just it's their opinion on sports or excuse me, on news, not uh, not presenting the news and then you right. form your own opinions. Right, right. Um, so, okay, so what do you... Co- I know we're both pop culture junkies, and yeah. we do speak a lot about pop culture uh, off the air and stuff. So what do you consume now? Is it like when you go home, what do you, are you consuming sports? Are you consuming television? All are of that. Are you consuming that. music kind of all, or well, movies? But what what is it first? Like when you... Like in your downtime, you're like, okay, are you going to go... Are you going to turn on the TV? Or are you like, oh, let me just watch... Uh, or you're gonna go online and watch videos on YouTube.
1: It's a combination of all of that. Um, when I do watch TV, I actually have my iPad in front of me, so I have, okay. twi- I have Twitter open, um, and I'll, f- I'll pay attention to what's on TV, and I'll flip through my feed, and you know, especially during commercials or whatever. Um, I think Twitter actually has changed the way people watch television. A agree. Um, you know this. I mean, when we're watching something relevant, uh, I mean, people know this about me on my feed at Mastermind Live. Um, if there's something relevant, whether it be an award show, a sporting event, um, some sort of you know newsworthy uh, pop culture type of thing. I'll be spitting about it. I'll be talking about and it. it makes
0: it more enjoyable. And and you, actually,
1: you actually feel like, you know when you, uh, you go watch a sporting event at a sports bar? Yeah. And you're there with a bunch of people and everybody's chiming in and we're all celebrating when a goal happens or whatever the case may be. It's almost like that because you'll go through your feed and, you know, last night, for example, when, you know, the Leafs won in overtime. Your feed goes, you know, it's like, yo, Kadri, yeah, all that (laughs) stuff. And you kind of feel that euphoria and you feel like you're a part of it. And then when people appreciate your tweets or your commentary, you know, you feel like, yeah, you know, I'm doing something right, whatever the case may be. But it completely has changed the way people watch TV. I
0: think it's enhanced the TV experience for Absolutely. those people that are on Twitter. Certainly for live events. So really, appointment TV has come down to this. It's like the Super Bowl, maybe some some playoffs, be it NHL or NBA or M- MLB or NFL. It's the Grammys, the Oscars, and...
1: Big, big fighting events. You know, boxing events like when Mayweather... Maywe- was yeah, Mayweather, yeah. Definitely so, UFC events, yeah. all so there's, that there's stuff.
0: A, There's a few. And then and then for TV, there's like... it's. It's Game of Thrones, it's Mad Men, Breaking Bad.
1: Dude, there's a lot. There Actually, there's a ton of shows right now that I, and that's my one thing right now. Like, w- in terms of TV, I'm, I'm, a, I'm older now, and so the the, the things that I want to spend my time doing, like, I, I be- I've become a bit of an avid cook. So I watch the Food Network a lot. Do you know? Well, when I moved to Calgary, we were away from family. So right. I had to learn how to cook, you know, because I got kids and stuff, and we were young, when they were young, when we moved out there. So you had to learn, okay. Take care of your family. So I would watch. You know, we had the TV set up, and it you know it was an open. The the main floor was an open concept, so you could see right from the kitchen. I would watch and see. I like that recipe, and I would go right to the kitchen and I would <laughs> I would start the cooking and that's whatnot. Awesome. So that's that's something I watch a lot of. Um, Food Network. I watch a lot of HGTV because I got a house and I need to know how to do oh, things dude, around the you house.
0: Just, you're you're in your Carlsberg years I'm now. A, dude. I
1: don't drink though. I'm a domesticated <laughs> guy. But the thing is, I will still watch. You know, so what are your shows? What are the sporting shows? Sporting events. Watched? Okay. Uh, I really like The Walking Dead, and I'm pissed okay. now that I got to wait until October. Okay. Um, I've fallen
0: off of The Walking
1: Dead. Right? I used to, you know, back in the day, I like Real Time with Bill Maher. That's a that's a news. I love that show. Yeah. And Nas is going to be on tonight. Is he? Nas is on that. tonight. I will take that. Um, my PBR is already set. Nice work. Um, <clears throat> uh, I started. Getting into scandal.
0: I knew you're gonna say that, dude. I knew you were going. But let, me to say you, that. let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because the wife. Because the wife. The <laughs> wife. Shh, dude. She Women watches it. Women love that show. Oh
1: my god, they dude. They
0: love scandal and
1: watch them on Twitter and Instagram when that show was on, son. <laughs> Unreal. So anyhow, I've literally I've only watched maybe three episodes. I'd be I'd be lying in bed and she would come home from work and she would put the PVR because she didn't see it live and I'm like really and then I'd watch and I'd be like. Yo, that's all right. <laughs> okay, all right, that's all right. Then a friend of mine, actually Cardi hit me, and we were talking about TV shows, and he said Sons of Anarchy right. is something that I should be watching. Um, a friend of mine tried to put me on Dexter. So Cardi Dex-
0: is Car- Cardinal Fishoff. Yeah. didn't catch that, yeah? Sorry.
1: Um, years ago, a friend was trying to put me on to Dexter before the show. Uh, like, okay. I'm talking
0: years. Well, yeah, Dexter, had, I think, had a seven or eight-year Yes, year so run. we're talking
1: first season, okay. second season. I never could get into it.
0: I never got into Dexter either. So the shows you watch right now are are Food Network, HGTV, Scandal. um,
1: Hold on. Uh, Well, Walking Dead for sure. Me and my daughter. Me and my daughter are into that. We watch that religiously. Isn't she like (coughs) twelve? Nah, she's fifteen now. Okay, okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we watch that. We watch that. You know, that's 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 my that's daddy daughter time. You know, on Sunday nights or whatever. Nice. Um, And there's probably other shows that I can't remember because when it's on, I'll watch it or whatever. Um, but there are tons of shows that I should be watching. I used to be a huge fan of Entourage. I would never miss any Entourage. I was and, with you on And that, obviously, yeah. that's done. I just saw uh, half an episode of House of Lies. Great show. And I got. am all in, dude. I got. I got hooked. I'm like, yo, I gotta watch this. And the thing that pisses me off is when you start watching the show before it's it's on. Like before, you know, like you're in four episodes in season two or three, and you're like, Fuck, I gotta go back and watch. The whole first season, oh. you got to devote so much time to yeah, try to yeah. get caught but up.
0: But the great thing about that is that it's only thirty minutes, so you can crush that literally in one day. You can crush. Oh, we we'll t- see. You can binge watch.
1: Okay, because I'm I'm used to hour long shows, right? But yeah. And so yeah. that kind of kills me. Um, I never really got into Mad Men, although I hear it's an amazing show. I mean,
0: yeah, I didn't get it on the ground floor. Either. Right.
1: So there are shows that I'm told. Like, even Game of Thrones, I've watched an episode here or there.
0: oh uh, you got, yeah, it's, that's tough, man, because there's so many characters, so many weird names, so it's you'll be a little bit lost.
1: Right, and so I, I haven't got onto that, although I hear it's amazing, but I'm just kind of like, ah, So really? wait, are you,
0: okay, I'm this type of TV watcher now. The shows that, uh, that are a little more highbrow or a little more, a little tougher to follow, like a Game of Thrones or like a True Detective or... I
1: tried to give True Detective a shot. I I remember trying, like the hype was there and I was gonna watch the beginning and I think I started watching and I was like, ah, nah, I'm not into this.
0: So now, okay, so now I read reviews. I read TV reviews and I never used to do that but I wanna, like I for those two shows specifically, every after every episode, I'll watch two. Oh, sorry, I'll read two different reviewers on how they reviewed the episode, just in case I missed something. What? And the first time I started doing that was the show Lost, because okay. that was a show where like message boards were like right. yeah, on yeah, fire. Yeah. I was I would be on message boards because there was so much <laughs> there was so much um, hype m- about Mythology it. Y- oh, yeah. it, it created this mythology. The I, number sequence, what's in the hat, all that. Dude, all I
1: was, that. it was, um, I was it was incredible. I was in for the first season of that. Well, for a, a part of the first season, dude, it, it did hold you nah really and same what thing the with
0: smoke monster was like why is there a giant polar bear on the island S-
1: dude it started getting a little too hokey for me right wow. and then the same thing with heroes i remember seeing the previews yeah, for okay, heroes yeah, and i was, I was in like heroes too yo this yeah, show yeah. looks dude, ill they're,
0: re- they're rebooting it
1: i know right but another show because of wifey that i watch is uh, Nashville. no nah, b no nah. um SBU. svu law and order SBU. <laughs> she dude she is hooked that those are her shows svu yeah and scandal. scandal are her two joints, B. <laughs> and because of that, um, you know, I watched, and I know all the, you know, Ice T's on the show. You can't be mad at Ice T.
0: No, but okay. Was there a time? So oh, and
1: Chicago PD is actually a pretty dope oh, it show. Yeah, yeah. It comes after. It comes on after SVU, okay. and I just ended up watching it because it was the next thing on. We never changed the channel, and I've seen about four episodes now. It's dope.
0: Okay. It's actually dope. Chicago PD. Were you ever in, uh, or was Wifey ever in on uh, Grey's Anatomy?
1: Nah. Because that, uh, that was the one that had a huge I, female absolutely. audience. That was something that um, it was also interesting when I was in Calgary there was shows that they would want us to to watch because they knew our audience was into okay. those. So we wanted to be we wanted to make sure that we were connected with whatever our audience was into. Um, and well, do you remember what some of those shows were? Grey's Anatomy was Grey's one Anat- of them for okay. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Survivor is another one because uh, it yeah. was, you know, yeah, and she loves Survivor too. She doesn't watch it as much as she should. Oh, and also, dude, another one because A wifey Dancing with the stars The game The game On BET
0: (laughs) The game Nobody watches. Who watches the game Other than your wife Are you kidding me The game You're
1: obviously following The wrong people on Twitter B
0: Come on The game Yeah man Great movie with Michael Douglas David Fincher (laughs) And Sean Penn
1: Dude that show is still popular What Yeah man the game we're talking about the the football right. I
0: thought you were going to say the Voice nah, nah, or one of those singing shows. Why be <sighs> in the singing shows? Nah, are you into the singing nah, shows? Man.
1: But I have to be aware of what's going on. Like obviously the fact that Pharrell's going to replace CeeLo on the Voice. Huge, right? That's a big deal. I, I don't watch the show, um, but when it gets time to big hype, like when uh, what what was her name? Tassan? the 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 Jamaican girl, or whatever. I right, see exactly. You don't even know.
0: But I don't watch. But I don't. I don't have to. Well, I don't have to. Well. I don't watch See, look, this. I'm a... I'm but I feel like you might have... Well, you, I guess you have to be aware to of them.
1: Aware, right? I don't have to watch the whole series and know exactly ins and outs because there's certain things we'll talk about and there's certain things we won't talk about. Obviously, you know I'm a huge MMA fan, so I'll watch you know, as much MMA stuff as I can. The Ultimate Fighter? Um, do you watch
0: that? The Ultimate I, Fighter? I
1: do, when uh, when they have their uh, their little seasons i just finished i i didn't watch as much as i'd like to of the one uh canada versus uh, australia
0: cote versus um, but i liked I can't it the, the I parts can't that the
1: guy's i name. yeah but the parts that i did see i really enjoyed it it's a great show but it's you know what show. i really like some of my favorite things to watch as far as sports are concerned um you know when HBO would do their 24/7s? Yes. So the hockey one is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their boxing ones are phenomenal. phenomenal. I
0: totally agree. With
1: and you. then UFC kind of did a play on that. They've done their own version called Countdown.
0: Yes. And, they're and they do inc- four episodes, right? And they're incredible. Yes. Usually 3, usually okay, 3. Okay, 3, yeah. Those are great. Incredible. Cuz they have all the access to the athletes right. and it's usually like the main event. And it's done so well. Yeah, Like very, it's very well. it's
1: so well done. Um and I was really excited like when um when word came out that they were going to do the 24-7 on the Leafs this year. You know, it's your hometown team. I was really excited about that.
0: It was... I, I was. Uh, I thought it would be cool, too. Yeah, because it was supposed to be the... It didn't end up being the... as
1: dope as, as previous yeah, years, yeah. and I don't know if they limited access. Some of the...
0: I think it's just the characters. I was going to say, some compelling. of the people
1: that they decided to follow were not as great as they could have been. I don't know if that's because those guys have all watched and they didn't want to become, you know, clowns or buffoons, and they did it anyway, but... um. But yeah, we didn't it I didn't quite enjoy it the way I wanted the to. The one
0: the one that I enjoyed the most was was Pittsburgh versus Washington. That was an incredible one. And you you had Bruce Boudreaux who was like who was just dropping F bombs all over the place and then you had the the games two most uh, you know the the biggest stars were Sidney Crosby and Alex uh, Alex Ovechkin. I was in Washington recently with uh, Brooks Like, and we did uh we we shot a, a sketch. sketch. Hope you guys can check it out. Um, and I and I remember when we when it was being filmed. He was te- We were texting each other I'm like, how's that going? He goes, I don't really like it because and he said every day after practice They would ask for 15 minutes of your time, right? So for 50 minutes and then you'd sit in a room and then you would you know, they'd ask you questions You respond to whatever storyline they're trying to craft and he said the guys would try to get there first So you wouldn't have to wait like if you're the third guy you're waiting for like 45 minutes Yeah, Be- and you know they ask you whatever, waiting 45 minutes to, to go into this booth and, and talk. And he said, you know, you'd come in and you'd be getting changed. And there'd be like, if you're sitting at your stall, your legs apart as you're tying up your skates, there'd be a camera like right between your legs shooting up at you as you, you know, as you get dressed. And he said it was just really uncomfortable because but that's the you know thing. there's a camera there and you don't, you know. But that's the
1: great thing about the HBO 24-7 is a lot of it is their camera angles and how they Absolutely, shoot it. It's yeah. so incredible, and the right? the
0: writing is so strong. I, and did,
1: I did enjoy that Pittsburgh, uh, Washington one as well. And actually just a, a quick touch on that. I actually believe they have the footage, uh, well, they do have the footage, of where um, Sidney Crosby uh, got hit when he got his concussion. And it was such a sucker hit. Like it wasn't, everybody says it was an accident or whatever. Nah, dude, dude actually hit him on purpose.
0: Huh. I don't, I can't recall that moment. I can see, I can picture him laying on the ice, oh, unfortunately. No. But. no,
1: they got that. They got the footage. But you know which one I really enjoyed was, uh, I forget who they played, but it was the New York Rangers one. And uh, I remember they it focused. Was it Philly? It might have been. Yes, it was or New Boston. York. It was no, it was New York and Philly. You're right. That was a great one because you know. Um, Bruce Gallop was the star of that. Right. One, the
0: goalie, yeah. And, and, Lundquist, about and, Lundquist and, and on the
1: other. Yo, he turned out to be like a nut job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the breakout
0: star. <laughs> yeah. He was totally the breakout star.
1: And they were saying that the same thing was going to happen with Kessel on this one, and it just never happened.
0: Yeah he he doesn't he doesn't enjoy the media at all. Apparently. Like, I, I've been uh, I hang out with um, Joffrey Luple sometimes, and yeah. I ask him about Kessel. He goes, Kessel's actually a funny guy, and like, and he talks a lot. He says, and sometimes you'd be like, "Hey Phil, man, shut, shut up. The fuck up!" Wow, but uh, he
1: really look, like when you see him, he
0: seems like a grumpy, angry dude because <laughs> he doesn't enjoy that. He just wants to play hockey. So he, I, I'm sure and, if he, and, if he and had a choice, and he just just play hockey and not deal with the media. He would take just play hockey
1: and eat Twinkies.
0: <laughs> Twinkies or cookies yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, so that okay. So that's what you're uh, digesting. Uh, uh, TV wise, yeah. are you? So how much into the entertainment game do you get? Like, are you? You know, when uh, Lady Gaga's. Uh, you know, she fires her whole staff because her album underperforms, or Pharrell's gonna join so from a gossip. You're talking about
1: the gossipy type yeah, stuff. The go- yeah, you know what? It it has become um, so integrated in what we do in radio, you know, especially Taylor
0: Swift is dating. You know, fill in the well, blank.
1: Well, I think it depends on on which pop culture. Um, person we're discussing and how relevant it is to where you particularly work like if I worked at a rock station I probably wouldn't talk about Justin Bieber and you know some of the stuff you he's you talking
0: about the breakup between uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin.
1: That is more pop culture yes you know even the you know if we, if we talk about sports stuff other than the fact that okay you know today for example it's home opener for the Jays you would mention that you would say the Raptors in the finals they're playing Indiana tonight so is it Paul George is in town or yep, whatever right yep. so you would mention small things but you wouldn't Turn it into stats, and you wouldn't turn it into any of that stuff. You just talk about the the pop culture side of it. So when Tiger Woods did have that big brouhaha, you never talked about him as a um you know golfer, right? As a golf uh, right, it yeah. was it was Tiger Woods, the golf celebrity, and his drama.
0: That's when sports changed. Was Tiger Woods? He's he changed sports twice. Like he became this icon of golf. Right, he, he dominating a predominantly white sport as an African American. And then it was, it was like the TMZification of sports. Is because we didn't, we didn't care about the athletes. You gotta, you gotta try to take it back. We didn't care yeah. about the athletes' personal lives until Tiger Woods, one of the biggest. Um, he's a global icon and- until he was in. He was infidel and then he had this this accident with his wife smashing him in the face with a golf club chasing him down the street. and
1: you know why it was such a big deal with him because he came across as such a clean cut yes family you know, man clean, all that
0: d- yes image right like, Pristine, so, like just nike the face of nike and yeah
1: so i i see what you're saying and that yeah it's it is so integrated in what we do and from an entertainment standpoint like if you go watch um you know access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight or any of those type of shows e network and all that they all do the same thing. We talk about the gossip, the pop culture gossip and it's a and you know the fact that you know with radio you know we blog and we do a lot of stuff on Twitter we do a lot of stuff on Facebook. So all of that like even today I saw a story about um, there's this rumor flying around that Drake's crew, doesn't like Rihanna. They don't like this little oh, relationship wow, that's okay. going on. This rumor, I think, popped out either beginning of this week or late Top last season, week. season OVO. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> First time I've ever done that. The last time I'll
1: ever do that. All right. So there's this rumor flying around. Then you have people who are huge Drake fans that say, oh, that rumor is bullshit, and they get all defensive. Then you got huge Rihanna fans that feel the same way. Oh, it's bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Then you got Chris Brown fans who are like, yeah, it's true. Nobody likes Rihanna, blah, 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 So our job is not to decipher whether this is real or not. Our job is, yo, this is what's out there. Here's, here's the information. So today I did a blog because apparently she Instagrammed something. She Instagrammed a picture, and in the picture it said, it was just words, and it said, you know, one week they love you, the next week they hate you, both weeks I got paid.
0: That's That's the big girl pants.
1: Right? So yeah. she, she tweeted that sh- or she Instagrammed that shit out, and people were saying that that was her, the, and you know how people read it, and don't make anything up, but that was her response to the rumors that Drake's friends don't like her. So she's saying, I don't give a f***. Whatever. So I tweeted, you know, I I did a blog post about it. I said, hey, there's rumors going around that Drake's people don't like her. She went back to L.A. without him and then she Instagrammed this shit. What, What do you think? And there's people like, oh, I see you're pulling out of your ass now, blah, 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 making shit. I'm like, I'm not making any, I'm not creating this. Yeah. I'm not sitting in my room saying, hey, let's create a rumor. <laughs> you know, it's already out there in the blogosphere, the, the internet. I'm just getting that information for people who may not know about it. For example, yesterday, um, you know, I start my show at three and at about six o'clock and I had seen it all day. There was this story about Vibes Cartel. He got sentenced to life in prison. Right. No chance of parole for Vibes 35 Cartel years. Vibes
0: Cartel is a Reggae artist. artist
1: who uh, was charged with murder.
0: What was his big tune?
1: Oh, dude, I can't. I don't know the names of reggae records. I, yeah, I, I know them, but I don't know the names, same, right? Clarks? Clarks was, is that Vibes Cartel? I don't Man, know. Man, I can't. I need my daughter for that. <laughs> reggae records, I need my daughter. Um, or wifey. Either or. But he, so the story came out in the after, in early afternoon. He may have been there all day. Vibes Cartel sent to jail, sentenced to jail, no chance of parole for 35 years. So around 6 o'clock, near the end of my show, I tweeted it out. Just saying, I couldn't find anything else to talk about. I'm like, let me just put this out there, you know? You know how many people retweeted it? So that just goes to show you how many people didn't know about this story. Because they're not in front of their computers the way I am because it's part Mm. of my job. They're not on Twitter the way I am because it's part of my job. So they're doing their job, which could be anything. They could be working in a shoe store. They could be doing construction. They could be doing... Um, you know an office job that doesn't allow them to be on any social media during the day but when they're at home or they get in their car or whatever whenever they are able to see their news feed and I give them that news and that's the first they're hearing about it I'm the guy that's giving them the info
0: you're the curator you're the news
1: source but, right I'm not the one creating the news but I'm the the messenger yeah so there's some people that will take it be like oh my god holy shit, thank you very much and then there's other people like yo shut the fuck up why are you making why are you telling me this? talk about something that's relevant I'm, and when people say like that i'm
0: like relevant it is relevant yeah, like it's, it's just happening right now whether you yeah, like yeah, it or not Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like you, it's you your problem you, you have
1: you have an opinion about it i get that it's not my job to to worry about your opinion it's my job to give you the info so you can create an opinion
0: yes and you can do whatever you want with absolutely that information. and then but in this
1: day and age People love to get mad. I guess it shouldn't even be this day and age. I mean, it's been going on for years, but it's always to shoot the messenger, not the message, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so when I when I went out to Calgary yeah. uh, to meet you, like in 05. Oh, dude, we-
1: you let me say something about this dude. When he came to Calgary, the first the first year, maybe um, you were kind of green. And then these dudes, then you know your your fame kind of caught up with you—not you, but the the people started to realize who you were. Dude, you run that town, that's, son. But
0: that's not where when, I you, to bring that up. when you that's not, that's b- not when you when
1: you land in Calgary. I think Mayor Nenci's there with white hats.
0: <laughs> and you guys have the, the best mayor in our in our country. Absolutely, but you we want you, we want to trade him for Rob Ford.
1: Son, you are a. St- that's not true. I could I had to stop hanging with you I remember we went to a club I can't remember what it was and I'm so not a club guy anymore and we went there and you and my man D <laughs> went we're going all f-ing night and I was watching my wife go. yo B I'm so tired I gotta go home and I'm the guy that drove these dudes
0: I need to go the f- home and you yeah. were you guys were Wiling out Yeah we we Yeah we went hard We went hard in those days Anyhow
1: they love you over there Well I
0: I do I do enjoy Calgary no, I bet you do So when when I would go out there And you would Be gracious enough To spare me You know five minutes I'd come <laughs> on your show And I would you know Talk about whatever I was doing yeah. in town Whether I, At first it was like Those NBA three on threes And then we'd just go out there Just to shoot some hockey stuff And sometimes Some, some stampeder stuff But I would stop by your studio And we could have like Five six minute conversations Right yeah. So this is like mid 2000s. I know that radio has changed where you don't get to do that Yeah, anymore. completely. Why has that, you know,
1: I, um, I don't have the, uh, uh, I don't have the real reason, but I'll tell you what the reason is that is that floats around the industry is that people's listening habits have changed. Real life, um, has taken over the way people actually, the way they listen to the radio and what they want. It, when they come to a music channel, anyway, because that's all I've ever worked at is music channels. I've never worked at talk radio or news radio or anything like that. And I, being in radio for the better part of 20... I think this is my 27th year being on the radio in any shape or form, um, I listen differently than other people. Of course. You know, the the general person who listens to the radio listens for, you know, for music. They want it, They want to be entertained. And then in between the music, they want talk and info. But they want it done concisely, quickly, and... To the point so the research that has been conducted by all the companies from Clear Channel in the States to you know the, the three big four five big station companies, sorry I should say out in Canada they all do the same research they're all the same you know kind of consultants and all the same feedback comes back and basically they they want you to talk for as little amount as possible and get you know the most amount of information out and, and they actually say that interviews on music stations, um, they don't do that well. Like People start to tune out. Huh. So it, even if you watch some of these uh, American shows, like when the Breakfast Club does an interview, when they put right. the video online and it's 30 minutes long, the actual interview that airs, first of all, they record that the day before. They do? Nothing is ever live.
0: Oh, Hot I, 97. I watch those. Right.
1: Hot 97. Hot
0: 97, Power 106 in LA, Big Boy's and neighborhood. Power, and, then and Power, power 105, 105 in New York. Yeah. N- yeah.
1: They're all recorded the day before. Really? So like... Uh, I'm not a hundred. I'm ninety-nine point nine percent sure that they're they're uh, recorded the day before, okay. so the interview will happen after the show. If the show ends at nine, I guess they'll have their interviews lined up for nine. If the interview, if the show ends at ten, then they'll have their interviews lined up at ten or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then they edit it down. So on the air, maybe sixty seconds at a time will ever play. So it'll be like oh. a, they'll talk for sixty seconds, go to a song, they'll come back, finish up the interview, blah blah blah. It's never. You know, we're talking for 15 minutes yeah, at a time, okay. and that's oh. why they put these videos out so you can see the entire interview. Right? Okay. And um, and now Diddy is actually using Revolt TV to film the Breakfast Club, so you can watch them do their show simultaneous with. Uh, it being on the air oh, okay, and I believe hot 97 has a reality show on VH1 on VH1 called, I think
0: It's called this is hot 97 right or and like reality
1: that. shows and you know an actual Basically what revolt is doing is if you remember in the mid 90s with the internet when they put cameras in the studios And you could actually watch the people do their show live on you know on the internet or whatever That's to me what revolt is they're just kind of have cameras in the studio and they're filming them do their thing or whatever.
0: I like, I like, that's a cool idea. I like finished product though. Like I I like a, a tight package. Yeah. Is it three minutes or it's going to be 30 minutes? Then give me angles and make it like, uh, clean, yeah. clean yeah. and, you know, like a documentary. But style. that's but also,
1: you're in the industry. So you have a, you have an idea and a vision of what you like and what you want to present yeah. and you want that as well. Like, I mean, I have the same idea when I listen to radio, how I want it to sound and, and, uh, and what I expect from it and, and so on and so forth. And, Um, The fact that the audience supposedly is telling these researchers and these companies that they don't want talk um, is the reason why radio has changed. You know what I mean? So you'll still have some, if a station is successful or a particular show is successful and they keep doing what they're doing, no one's going to change it. Like, there's certain shows in every city that, you know, Howard Stern has is successful. He'll keep doing it the yeah. way he's doing it. Um, you know, Ryan Seacrest, successful. He'll keep doing it the way he's doing it. Uh, you know, Elvis Duran in New York. Here in Toronto, you would say, you know, uh, Roger, Darren, in Maryland. They've been doing their thing for 30-something years. Yeah. Very successful. They don't need to change anything. It's, it's always... The up-and-comers and the new people or the stations that aren't you know doing as well or the shows that aren't, that aren't doing as well They always have to abide by these so-called new research rules and and work their way around those things So yeah, the days of you coming and being able to talk to me for six minutes at a time and We just crack <laughs> up and stop the music. Yeah, those days are long gone.
0: Oh, wow Well, it was I was enjoyable when uh, when I got to do that I noticed that I don't know if you notice this but and this might be a little inside baseball to the audience or so my apologies is your style of broadcasting yeah. has been mimicked by a dozen to 15 guys. that I probably know five of them. But your style, your cadence, and the, the how you present has <laughs> been mimicked, which is great. I, I've which been, is testament to you and you've probably I, been told. I've been told, and I, and can, you I can hear, hear it. it. Yeah. You know what
1: it reminds me of? There's that line, Busta Rhymes has a line, and I think it's in Scenario, where he's like, Rah rah rah! All my dungeon dragons babies. No, he says dragon babies or something like that. Basically, he birthed them or whatever, yeah. right? And I kind of, I kind of see that. You know what I mean? And it, to me, it's like you don't have to acknowledge it. I've actually had dudes like big successful DJ guys say that they listened to me, my mixtapes, my radio show, and they learned to spin based on me. And they, they, their style started my way. Maybe it evolved or whatever into their own, but it initially started the way I DJ'd. and. And I actually get tweets like that, and I'll get you know people come up to me on the street and tell me stuff like that. And it's very, it's very flattering, and it's it's kind of cool that I've been able to influence people um, because it makes you feel at the very least that you've touched somebody in a positive way. And uh, even a guy I work with now, you know, he told me um, when he was a kid, you know him being a brown guy as well he used to see me and brown dudes especially because no one ever really knew what your bro- your background was. you're doing a hip-hop radio show they either think you're white or you're black they'll never think asian they'll never think you know brown they'll never think anything else um and so when when my community started to realize that i would what my background was kids freaked out about that it was a big deal even up till now like if i go and talk. To uh, kids in school or whatever, you know, I get a lot of people from. It sounds silly, but Brampton, which is a highly, <laughs> highly brown populated part of the GTA, Hey, that's
0: where my parents live. Shout out to Brampton, Fort. just uh, a suburb, about thirty minutes outside of Toronto.
1: Right, but it's very, very Indian, if you will. Um, I'll get asked to go and talk there all the time, and then you know, does because of my background? Sure, I guess, but whatever. To me, that's cool because if I leave uh, some, you know, impressionable kid with the idea that he can do anything other than be a cab driver, then that's good. Not to say there's anything wrong with it, cab driver. They make tons of dough. You guys are
0: killing the engineer game though right now, man. Yo, Google and Apple are just going to India, just just <laughs> It's the uh, stealing uh, you do. It's the
1: call center game, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you guys you're they hire you you cats to write the program. <laughs> listen, listen. You guys here. are writing the internet. Nothing and all makes, the software. Listen, I'm with everybody
1: else. Nothing pisses me off more than when I call um a company. And I hear a thick Indian accent on the other line, like that. And I, I can understand it probably better than most people. That shit pisses me off, though.
0: You call Samsung, something's wrong with your TV, and then you get a dude who's like in a call center in New Delhi. Like, oh man, this is gonna, this is gonna take a while. Oh, yeah. Um. So, is in Brampton? Is that where you met Russell Peters?
1: Okay. So, um, my cousin lived in Brampton. So when I was growing up, we were there pretty much every weekend. Like, we...
0: okay, what part of Toronto did you grew up in? Uh, you North York. So, like, say five to ten, and then give me high school years. Five to ten is like your formative years, and then high school is also like another well, formative I moved. I moved to the
1: house that my parents still live in today, which is in the Bayview and Finch area. Okay. Uh, we moved there when I was eight. And that's the only house I've known until I moved out and bought my own house. Okay. So I guess those would be my formative in teen years. Did you go to York Mills or New York? No, went went to uh, A.Y. Jackson. A.Y.
0: Jackson. Sorry, yeah, you said that. Yeah. Scarborough there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, North York, not Scarborough. A.Y. Jackson, isn't that VP in- um... Nah,
1: see, VP, once you pass VP, that's Scarborough. Yeah. East of VP is North York. And uh, A.Y. Jackson is at Leslie and- Oh, my bad. McNichol. Okay, okay. So, VP
0: Victoria Park for those. Uh, okay, right. So how did so your so cousin... Russell?
1: So my cousin and Russell actually went to school together. They were good friends. Uh, Russell, this is before he became famous. Obviously, he was a DJ before. Uh, he was really a full-time comedian. He was a DJ and working what on was his, his
0: hand. What, what did he go by? Was it just Russell Peters? It might know? have been
1: just Russell P or something like that. I actually have one of his old business cards somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you should Instagram Instagram that on I did. A throwback I think I did. Oh, you did. I think I did. Are you Mastermind Live also on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Oh, all good. my
1: social media. Mastermind because Live. Because when I joined certain things, Mastermind had already been taken. I, yeah,
0: which sucks. Oh, right? Yeah.
1: Man. And I'm not good enough to be verified, like you. Whatever. How do you do that anyway? I don't know. Who verified you? Twitter. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. You didn't even. You didn't have to apply for that. Nothing? No,
0: they because you you can't it's like they have to the when you get verified It's like you are you are that version of whatever your your name is
1: you know what I need to do I need to put the real in front of my <laughs> and then I had that I had that for I a know long. and maybe that's the thing that'll legitimize oh, no, anyway, no. so yeah, so Russell was a DJ and I obviously was uh, on the radio be- at that time when we met and which is
0: when <sighs> do you rem- like what era like are you talking like this early is 80, 90s? 89 Wow. Okay.
1: Eighty nine ninety, I believe we met. Um, so I, so my cousin um, uh, had a clothing store. Uh, it actually was a kiosk. They had a clothing company, okay. and they had a kiosk in a Bram- in Bramley City Center, which <laughs> is the big the big mall in Brampton for everybody who doesn't know. Um, so uh, I had a girlfriend. And they had her, yes. And they had her <laughs> working at the kiosk. Was she dope? Was she cute? Oh, dude, come! On. I've never had surprisingly, Actually, surprisingly. Yeah, your wife is hot. Uh, but I'm just saying, every girlfriend that I've ever had has been smoking, to my own amazement. I don't. I've never had. I don't have. <laughs> You're playing tons, out of your league. You just I,
0: had those career games where you scooped uh, her. Maybe it had,
1: w- maybe it was the radio thing. You know, and bit a bit of the personality couldn't have been the looks. I have no idea.
0: Well, then, yeah. Well, hey, charm, charm, and charisma worked for both of us. So, our entire y- career. yeah,
1: she was she was pretty dope. She, you know, what she looked like if I going back, she was like Sierra.
0: That's how hot she was. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, Sierra is like light-skin. one of my all
1: Hopefully, hopefully, wifey now as I'm listening to this, me brag, bragging, She's not bragging not about the old girlfriend. Yeah, but she was a light skinned hottie, bee. Like, oh Ooh. man. Okay. So anyway. She was working at the the kiosk, so I went there one day to visit her. And Russell just happened to show up that day. My cousin introduced us. And he was obviously a fan of mine. So Russell... I always tease him whenever we're together. I go, you do realize there was at one point in in time when I was more famous than you. (laughs) And he giggles about it and we laugh. But yeah, because you remember we so we met and we actually became fast friends we just you know he wanted to hang out he was i remember he was like interning or working at uh, electric circus at much music wow. running cable like he was and i went there to dj oh this is a funny story so this is in the infancy of our friendship and i went to dj electric circus brought my equipment and stuff and he decided to you know hey, you know cuz we, we knew each other so he jumped on my mixer to do something and somehow he stepped on a cable and it pulled the whole mixer off the table oh, and no. and busted or it didn't bust, but it was definitely... It, Affected. it Yeah. And he was like, he was shook. He was like, oh my God, Paul's going to be so mad. So mad at me. So years later, I'm talking, actually, it might have been that same that same year we were in L.A. for that Michael Jackson thing, I was at his house, and now, you know, he's a multimillionaire now. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was putting hand cream on or something, <laughs> and it spilled <laughs> on, like, his alpaca carpet. You remember that scene in American Gangster when, like, the dude got his head busted and it was on the alpaca? Yeah. And Denzel's like, that's f***ing alpaca,
0: son! Yeah, yeah, don't call me yeah. that, f-ing. yeah. yeah. Right?
1: I, thought, <laughs> I thought we were going to have one of those episodes where Russell was going to start freaking about the shit on his carpet. Nah, I was like, that's payback for you busting my mixer, homie.
0: <laughs> for those, uh, Electric Circus was a it was a TV show. It was like it was like a, live a uh, live TV show like dancers. It was and, like a
1: club. You were in a club yes. and they would play videos and have DJs like on Friday nights. Friday or nights, nights or and as and much, much as music. and people used to make fun of it, but they all loved it. And people would cry, come on the street yeah. and watch through the the glass,
0: right? And, and people and, would watch it. Oh, it was man. it was a. It was like an institution of much music for a good 10, 15 years. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and a lot of big names came out of there, and a lot of stars would go right. there. So yeah, I DJ'd on there, and me, and since then, me and Russell, you know, have stayed really good friends. And uh, I was in Calgary when his career took off. Like so, if, if I think he he says around 2005 or six or something like that, when you know the the YouTube st- clips start right. coming out. He's one of the
0: first like one of the first uh, artists to like have a it was like him and Dane Cook. <clears throat> Dane Cook used MySpace to right, blow up, right. and Russell just was like, you two, But he didn't
1: use it. Somebody else put it on, and it just right. took off, That's right? right? That's right. That's and, right, yeah. And so, anyhow, I was, I was in Calgary, and uh, his career started to take off, and um, and obviously, you know, he, he started, he moved to LA and, you know, we see each other whenever we can. Like I was just, uh, in New York back in uh, September, he had a private birthday party in New York and we flew out there for the night to go see him and stuff. So I see him when I can, but obviously it's not as much as I used to between my job and him flying around and touring and all that stuff. I don't get to see him as much as I, I'd like to, but I do get to go stay at, you know, one of his various homes <laughs> around the world every now and
0: then. So I uh, Russell likes to fancy himself still as a DJ. I've heard him on Oh on God, Media's yeah. Podcast. But how was this? How are his skills now?
1: He's incredible, dude. When he first started, when he used to. So I had a radio show in the in the mid '90s on Energy Radio, and I it was a hip hop show. Were you Mastermind back then? I was always Mastermind. I was Mastermind since fifteen. That's when you came up with the name. No, actually, another guy gave me this. So there was, a, there was, a, there was another radio show, uh, a staple. It was, uh, it was called The Fantastic Voyage. Ron Nelson was uh, the host of that show, and I became a friend of his. Um, so I was like 13 or 14 when I met him, and I was a fan. So I was like, when I became friends with him, it was like, holy shit. And um, one day I called into his show, and for shits and giggles, he knew I was an avid hip-hop nerd some giggles he decided to start asking me trivia questions on the air oh sick. so I started answering all these trivia questions and he's like you're a mastermind and so the name kind of stuck oh, from there
0: sick. and your logo is backwards cap it's like an animated and you're both hands are on tables yeah? yeah
1: and here's a little tidbit of, of uh, trivia for about that logo um, a kid a young kid by the name of Lil X who Drew is now that? who is now director X who uh, you know, is probably when it comes to if you don't know. I mean, if you're a fan of this genre and you're into film and videos and all that stuff, um, he's a big name. Like yeah. he's like right under Hype Williams when it comes right. to directors, yeah. right? And he does and, he does
0: Bieber's videos and Drake's videos. Did the <laughs> the starter from oh what was the last Drake one that we did in Memphis with his dad? Oh yeah, was that starter uh, from the bottom?
1: No 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 that was uh, oh worse worse, worse behavior, behavior. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But yeah he's he him and Drake have teamed up. I mean, Starter from the bottom is a pretty dope video. The whole billboard yes. thing and all that. Yeah, I think it's a pretty. Sick. But the best. I think the best one was Hyfr, the bar mitzvah one. Yeah,
0: uh, hell, hell yeah, right. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. But anyhow, so little X drew my logo.
0: Was he Julian to you back then, or was he Little X back then?
1: A bit of both. A bit of both. I feel yeah. awkward calling him Julian, like I've always kind of called him Little X or whatever. And I remember yeah. I paid for it. I think I paid him like fifty bucks for it or something like that. Nice. I mean, it's not like we were super tight. Like, I, I, I was a fan of his because he, there was a comic, I think it was like a, it was called Boom or something, that would be sold in like two black guys, which was a clothing store in Toronto. Yes, they early a, 90s. Yeah, they it had a couple. hundred
0: miles. And hundred miles. And two black guys. And like I this. believe
1: this comic was in there, and I was a huge fan of his art. Like, his, his drawing is phenomenal. It'd be Like, he's a fucking amazing cartoonist and shit. And I approached him when I, I met him somewhere. And I approached him. I said, and he was a, he's a bit of a uh, a recluse, if you will, sort yeah, of like he comes.
0: He's, a, he's a very artist on.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a bit reserved and kind of you know he, just kind of he's not a very upfront, talkative. You know, come in your face, have big conversation kind of guy. Back then, anyway. And so I somehow convinced him to draw me this logo, and he did. I liked it,
0: and you know, when did your mixtape start? And what was the process of of of, <clears throat> of dubbing? them oh to make them god. available for us to purchase at uh at uh um, oh my gosh uh young and oh i can't believe talking about play the record play the record which was an it's play the record is like was like fat beats in new york a little bit different but that was our version of fat beats and it it's so, still there
1: right now is it oh my god yeah dude they're still
0: there play the record big shot
1: to eugene tam <laughs> that's my dog where,
0: where dj's got vinyl and Fans of hip hop and R&B would go buy mixtapes, and specifically once a month we would get a mastermind mixtape. Quick, quick,
1: just reback. Uh, so Eugene Tam is the owner. He's now sold it, but he still works there. Him and his wife still work there. It's just this small this. little place too. Right, like and they eight
0: hundred square feet max.
1: Eugene is, uh, if you look at him, his whole family is Asian, but they're from Trinidad. So they're they're trinnies. right? And he's for, from day one till now. He's got this super thick accent, a
0: Trini accent, Trini accent. Yeah.
1: And I would take him to New York with me to run the labels and go get records, and we would do all these things. And I remember taking him to one record label, and I would introduce him, and because he got this thick accent, I remember one dude like I think he almost fainted, because <laughs> in Can Toronto we have a huge uh, Caribbean culture here. And as much as they have it over there, they don't experience... Like, when you're in the States, especially New York, it's either you're American or you're Hispanic. And, you know, that's too to much the extent of it. But when I introduced him and, you know, all this Trini accent came out of his mouth, this kid lost his mind. Because <laughs> I think he had I think he had Caribbean in his family or whatever, but he'd never seen an Asian dude.
0: Yeah, speak with that guy. Yeah, yeah
1: so it, it bugged him up. But big shout to Eugene Tam. So, yeah, um, the process... The mixtapes came out end of 93, 94 when people, obviously people, you're doing a radio show and then people are like, well, how, you know, how can I get this music? Can you make a tape for me? Can you make a tape for me? And uh, when I finally left college radio and I got my first commercial radio gig, which was at Energy. I said, now I'm on a bigger platform. Energy
0: 108, uh, which is at the end of the dial, 107.9. But yeah. okay, so what? Rhythm radio, and then went energy one oh eight. 108. 108, 108. Which is well, no, 9. then it
1: was dance 108. Went rhythm radio, then dance 108. And then, energy 108? And then energy 108. Then energy 108. Okay. And Love then it that. turned when I left, it was energy radio because it was a uh, they had three different stations broadcasting at one time off the one signal or whatever. So it was oh. kind of like a, I don't know, like a network, if you will. Um, but I said, okay, I'm on a bigger platform. I'm reaching more people. Let me try to take this mixtape thing to another level. So I started sourcing out different stores. So there was a store in Hamilton. There was a store in Sudbury. I had a guy from Winnipeg who heard about him. He hit me. They eventually, somebody in Japan hit me one time and I sent them tapes in Japan, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. So really across the country. But, But the majority sold in Toronto. And I had about, Eight outlets in Toronto alone. I can't remember them all, but the majority sold here. And what I would send to those different, I would send maybe 20 tapes over there or 50 tapes over here. But I would sell every month. I would put out a tape, and you know, on average, I would be selling, you know, five, six hundred, seven hundred. And we would buy
0: those for 20 bucks.
1: No, I should not have been. It was supposed to only be 13. So if you went to a store and they sold it to you for 20, they were lying to me.
0: Uh, no! We, we, I think we buy them for twenty bucks. Not at that. Like, at lady
1: for sure was thirteen. I know that was it. Yeah, it was thirteen. I feel
0: like it was, it was either fifteen or twenty. Nah, because that was the cost of cassette tapes at the time. Like if you were going to buy mid nineties, I don't. If you were going to buy Boys to Men, uh, Boys to Men two. See my it, it would have been fifteen ninety nine. But, but
1: I, I'll tell you why it was thirteen because it was a store that wanted in on them, but they wanted to sell. Uh, for double what I was making and I said no, because I'm giving them to you on consignment. So if they sit in your store because they're overpriced or this person can go somewhere else and get it for cheaper and then at the end of the month, you're giving me back tapes because they didn't sell, you're not doing me a favor. Mm -hmm. You want the tapes because you know they're gonna move. So this is the price and this is what you sell them at and if you don't want them, then I don't need to be in your store because I'm selling them everywhere else. So I know for a fact that they were 13, maybe a bit more in. in okay, so for, maybe my, for,
0: my, my memory could be. Right. Uh, I, can, I can misremember, as Roger Clemens eloquently said in court once.
1: But I remember when I first started doing them, I didn't I wasn't selling numbers like I wasn't selling you know 500 at a time or whatever I was selling maybe a hundred 150 and I would dub them all at home so I went out bought about four or five cassette decks, and I would sit at home and I would dub one and once I would dub that one I would use that to dub the next one I would just start dubbing them and I was making them at home I was making the cover the covers were so rudimental you remember they were just colored yeah. with the song listing and or whatever like the
0: font was like three
1: point it was yeah like so small right and it wasn't like I didn't it, to me, it wasn't like, yo. I'm. I'm I got to go on the air in a minute. It wasn't like um, it wasn't like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. dude. It's yeah. all good. Uh, it wasn't like uh, I was saying I'm selling these because of the packaging or whatever. To me, it was the music and what I was doing on them that was selling these. Um, and that was what the fan base and that was what the fan base was looking at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They they were interested. Yeah, well, in, I would
0: read the cover. Like if if I want, okay, I want to hear this Method Man. Oh, a Red Man. But see, I, there were some people who didn't care.
1: They just knew that I was putting. After eventually, you know, I eventually stopped at forty eight. Forty eight was the last mixtape, official mixtape that so I that's released. Four
0: four years
1: at least. At least um, no, just the hip hop one. No, six years because I stopped in no ninety nine. I remember, that's a, dude. We're going to have to come back and yeah, finish need, this. Yeah. because <laughs> if you really want the whole thing, of course I do. In ninety nine is when. um I, I actually got my tape profiled in the source on a Jay-Z cover because that's when uh, CREA, the Canadian version of RIAA in the States, came down and, and did a, a bust and, and shut down all the mixtapes. That's right. And so I had to stop making mixtapes in 99. So it went from 93-ish, 94, up to 99. That was the run. And um,
0: and I did enjoy your R and B mixtapes well. And I
1: have a huge R and B. And I haven't digitized those because I gave you. I've digitized all my hip hop ones. Yeah.
0: Did you ever end up getting them? Open? No. I, I. my computer I had a crappy. I don't know. My MacBook. My old one which So here's but what you my get. My new MacBook. I don't even have a. But you drive. no.
1: But you have to bring me a hard drive. Uh, um, not a USB stick. Oh, okay. And I'll put them all on it. You'll be good. Okay. Sick. Yeah. But. Uh, people keep asking me about the R&B ones, and I haven't digitized. That'll be my next one-day project. You know, so, when I-
0: uh, Mastermind live on Twitter, Mastermind live on Instagram. We got to do a part two because we're just getting started into this i
1: hope this was important i hope people actually were intrigued by this conversation because sometimes podcasts can kind of be like yeah whatever
0: well the thing about podcasts is people will listen they'll commit the time to listen they may not listen all at once but they they might listen in parts but listen so thank you guys for listening once again it's my pleasure to have mastermind on this podcast and we'll be back for uh number two very soon thank you for listening to cabbie presents the podcast